Welcome to TW Now, where we examine today's news and issues in the light of the Bible. I'm Scott Winnale. We live in an age of rage. How often do we hear about an act of violence against fellow classmates, co-workers, or even people completely unknown to the aggressor? For example, the British paper The Independent ran an article just this week entitled, Knife Crime Hits Highest Level Since Records Began. The article went on to note regarding the year 2018, police recorded almost 44,500 offenses involving knives or sharp weapons, a rise of 6%, including 252 homicides and 368 attempted murders. Police are overwhelmed in England and Wales. In a well-meaning attempt to curb violent aggressive acts, many leaders, teachers, and employers have been training their constituents in the act of tolerance. Tolerance is a buzzword in our society today. Ironically, it is increasingly true that a failure to develop tolerance for certain populations will not be tolerated. What is tolerance anyway? Is it truly the panacea that will stem the tide of violence in society today? Or is there another more effective way? Today's returning guests will not only shed more light onto this issue, but they'll also provide you with some answers, some of which you may not have considered before. I'd like to reintroduce Mr. Rod McNair. Mr. McNair is a Tomorrow's World telecast presenter and magazine writer. He's written articles that include A Man Without Vengeance and Peace on Earth. Mr. McNair, welcome back to the studio today. Thanks for inviting me. Mr. Hugh Stewart, welcome to you, sir. Thanks for having me. Mr. Stewart is a minister and a church pastor based outside of London in England, and he's joining us via Skype. And it's good to have you with us this evening. If you have questions as we carry out our discussion, please feel free to message us and we'll do our best to address some of your questions. And we encourage you also, please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like or share today's program as well. Well, gentlemen, let's get started. And Mr. Stewart, let's come to you first. Can you give us a little bit of a definition of tolerance? What does tolerance mean? What does tolerance mean to society around us today? Well, tolerance uh, is the ability to empathize and commune with others, you know, despite their flaws, their failures or stigma, even when such flaws irritate or trouble us. And in that res respect, you know, some people do a better job than others. Some people fall short and others take it to the extreme. But tolerance is the ability to really com commune with others, to be part of them and them part of us. Okay. If, am I putting words in your mouth if I say tolerance is um, learning to just get along with others and be able no, to interact not. with them? Okay. No, you're not. Because when you think about it, you know, uh, we live on a planet that teems with diversity and, and we see it everywhere in the animal kingdom. Um, in plant kingdom, you name it, and it's almost counterintuitive to be talking about tolerance when we all live here on this this planet and we have to to get along, you know. But it, it's a topic of discussion um, that we have to get into. But no, you're not putting words in my mouth at all. Okay, Mr. McNair. <clears throat> um, you know, just to add to what Mr. Stewart 
mentioned uh, tolerance absolutely um, it talk, talks about speaks to us of having respect for other people mm -hmm. um, as having dignity of being made in the image of God that everyone on this earth is uh, is in God's image has value has worth um, and I also think that as important as defining what it is it's important to define what it isn't that when we're talking and speaking of how we treat each other on a personal level we're not negating that there are standards and values rules laws that uh, that either come on in our society or uh, come from a higher power and unfortunately sometimes that's what tolerance means to some people um, but we're not negating that uh, what we're just talking about is how we interact with each other on a personal level and it should be with respect okay so you're talking about i would say altruistic definitions of tolerance uh, this is the ideal of, of tolerance when we look at where the rubber meets the road to use a cliche is are there other definitions of tolerance are, are there other ways that certain people in society look at the concept of tolerance can it mean something else mr uh, stewart yes uh, some people see tolerance uh, as totally um agreeing with them a hundred percent you know and sort of signing off on everything that they believe in everything that they stand for and if you should say well you know i agree with 70 percent of that and not the other 30 percent then they think you're intolerant you know um so you, we do have problems um, when it comes to tolerance you know there are two two basic problems with tolerance is on the, on the one hand you have intolerance if people are not in total agreement. And there are also limits, as Mr. McNair just pointed out a while ago, to tolerance. You know, and it, it comes down to where do we draw the line? You know, who gets to decide what should be tolerated and what should not be? And what code of conduct will mm -hmm. we use you know, in, in determining what is tolerable? You know, before the program, uh, we were talking about an article, I think that you uh, uh, passed to us from Psychology Today uh, from 2017 is teaching tolerance the solution or the problem. And it, it does bring up some different issues, but one of the things that the author talks about is that really we shouldn't just be going for tolerance but for acceptance. And while that has merits, uh, what you're, as you're asking the question, what are some people really wanting? They're wanting you maybe, maybe not to just accept them as a person, accept them as, a, as someone who has value, but accept their behavior as, as valid, as good, as okay. So these are some of the issues that we, we run into when we're speaking of and, and depending on the definition of tolerance and, and why there's so much uh, conflict mm -hmm. because we can't even agree on a definition mm -hmm. in our society one of the other questions I have for you related to this definition is I think about I have, I have kids I have a son and a daughter and if I tell them to tolerate each other the way they're going to interpret that is put up with something you don't like 
and just don't explode. Don't get mad. Don't don't. They're not going to hit each other anymore. They've grown beyond that point. But tolerance in that context doesn't necessarily mean dwell peacefully. It just means don't get angry with. Can do you have any con? Anything to add to that or any thoughts? Am I, am I on target with that assessment or am I just strange because I'm thinking that way? Mr. Stewart. Well, well part of tolerance is putting up um, with, um, you know, each other, you know, um, not knowing that somebody has a flaw and just dealing with it. But tolerance is um, not necessarily, so yes, we, we put up with each other um, in, in that regard, but tolerance also has to have a, a, a code of conduct, you know, that each of us or each side can agree to. If, if we don't have that, then we run into we, we run into problems. Mm -hmm. And some people they think that, as I mentioned earlier, that to be tolerant is to be totally accepting of everything someone does. Um, people should be able to dress the way they want to dress, they should be able to talk the way they want to talk, they should be able to do whatever they want to do, and that smacks of short-sightedness and brings to mind a, a proverb that says, where there is no um, vision, you know, people cast off restraint, mm -hmm. and, but those who live by rules, you know, that's a, a proverb, proverb 1918, they will be happy. So we have to have rules, and yes, we have to put up with each other, but we also have to have rules that say, no, you can't cross this line, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, a answering your question, I think on a personal level, we, we do have to understand that if we're just stuffing emotions and stuffing animosity and stuffing uh, hatred, frankly, it's going to come out eventually. Uh, I mean, that's a biblical principle, Christ mm. said it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. So on a, on a personal level, uh, we have to wrestle with our own uh, feelings, our own emotions, our own, um, you know, frustration. And those that people that we interact with, our families, our coworkers, our neighbors, not only to stuff it and just say, well, I'm not going to say something even though I feel this way, mm -hmm. but actually let, when we're talking in the bigger context and what we're, what we're, where we're coming from, let God help us to understand, to separate the behavior to how we interrelate inter with, with another person, treating mm -hmm. them with respect. Okay. So that's a principle. I just wanted to know, we've got a couple of interesting questions coming in. Uh, those of you who are sending your questions, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to get to probably a couple of those questions in just a few minutes. We're going to talk a little bit more before we jump to those, though. Gentlemen, let me uh, ask, go, go ahead, Mr. Stewart. If I, if I can just follow up on what Mr. McNair um, just mentioned, that is where, you know, the fruit of the Spirit comes in because we have to be able to apply, you know, the principles that we are taught by God to be able to deal with some of these things. Yes, we may feel um, pent up or, you know, it's not a matter of just stuffing what we feel, but it's how we go about expressing ourselves. That's where the fruit of the Spirit comes in, you know. We, we have to speak to people with, 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 um, with politeness. We have to be kind in our words. Uh, we have to know how to um, 
be, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. You know, that's where the fruit of the Spirit comes in. That's where God's power comes in. And so we can see central to this whole conversation of tolerance is that we really need God's help to be able to deal with these things. Mm. And we'll definitely come back to that. Let me ask you this, gentlemen. We'll start with you, Mr. McNair, on this one. For those who are real proponents of tolerance, tolerance education, uh, there's even some legislation that is really pushing tolerance. What do you think they're hoping to accomplish by putting tolerance in the forefront and, and really trying to educate people on this topic? Well, I think that so many people are, are, are trying from a, a um, uh, have a good intention of trying to bring some civility to our society, mm. um, they're trying to, uh, to to sort of roll back the anger, roll back the hatred, roll back the violence, and so I, I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of people who, in in government education, um, not all there there are those who have an agenda and are clearly pushing something that is divergent, but I think there are a lot of people whose intention is to try to fix what's wrong. Unfortunately, I don't think they really are getting at the root, uh, which is, is the problem, well, why we're talking about it today. Mm -hmm. But I think their, their intention is to try to stop the school violence, to try to stop the personal violence, to try to stop the political rhetoric, to try to stop the, the, just the growing antagonism and polarization uh, in our culture today. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're trying to see if they can stem hate. You know, we know today hate crime, so-called hate crime, crimes are up, and that's disconcerting. We have bullying in school, and that's a big problem. I know um, the, the first lady, I think that's one of the projects that she is working on, bullying. So these are all things, and all these things spill over into society, and, and it's making society very corrosive. It's making it very hard to, to, to live, you know, on, on every level. You, you can go on the street and somebody um, cuts in front of you, and then the next thing you know is he shot dead, he or she shot dead. You know, these are some of the problems that, that, that come along because of lack of t tolerance, and these are some of the things I think people are trying to see if they can cope with, if they can deal with. If they can stem the tide, you know, of violence, as Mr. McNair just mentioned uh, a while ago. Mr. McNair mentioned how many of the tolerance education programs and efforts today really don't get to the root of the issue. When we look at what's going on in society today and the efforts that you've been talking about, many of these efforts are really good. They're, they're really well-intentioned. Why aren't they working? We're not seeing big drops in lots of problems. Like the headline that uh, I pointed out at the very beginning of the show today, uh, knifings and the use of knives for violent crime in, in the UK has jumped a lot in the last several years. Why are we not seeing really good, positive uh, ramifications of results from these efforts? I think because clearly the, uh, the, the, <clears throat> the chickens are coming home to roost, you know. Um, there, there are seeds that have been sown in our past. Uh, in, let, let's say, for example, today 
who are the ones who typically are, are, are pushing tolerance in terms of more divergent lifestyles and that sort of thing? Well, it's generally the younger generation. The older generation is, is alarmed. But what happened a few generations ago? You know, where did it begin? Are, are the, uh, you know, the, were the seeds of, of moral relativism sown a couple generations ago? We, we used to hear of that word. We used to, 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 to hear about that, how that's happening. Um, and so the, the, the problem is, one of the, the problems is how do we get to the root well, it has to do with biblical standards. It has to do with moral absolutes. And those who are in leadership today, uh, 10, 20, 30 years ago, how much were they supporting moral absolutes back then? And so there's a foundation that has been eroded across the board. Mm. And, and, and what is troubling with um, what um, Mr. McNair just mentioned, is that those who try to point this out and try to say we need to get back to some of those things, we need to look back at what worked uh, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, we need to a a answer the question, why is it we did not have these things uh, 60 years ago, but now we have them? The voices like ours. Uh, that try to bring these things to the forefront, we're drowned out. You know, we, we, we are put down, we, we are called um, all sorts of names. So, but it, it gets to the root of the problem, you know. The moral foundation has been destroyed, and uh, that's a problem. So how would you answer the question, let me play devil's advocate here, because we hear this question a lot. You're, you're calling for moral absolutes, but isn't that in and of itself an intolerant position? You're not going to tolerate anything that's outside of that moral position that you hold? Mr. Stewart, any thoughts? <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> you know, we're trying to fix the problem. We're having this discussion here, and we're trying to say, listen, this is, this is a, a problem society is having. And if you look to the Bible, and if you look to things that work, you know, we can get out of it. But the, how, how many people do you think will listen to us? Because they have already turned their backs to, to the answer. You know, they, they don't want what the solution, they don't want the solution that's being offered because that's not their solution. They believe something else will work, which will not. So are you saying that people really are intolerant of biblical solutions or intolerant of the Bible? Yes, they are, they are. And it started 30, you know, it began, the seeds, as Mr. McNair pointed out, were planted 30 years ago, and we're now reaping the fruits of that. And they don't even see uh, that that's the problem, that it started there. And if we could get back there, then we would be, you know, we could begin to, to, to solve the problem. They don't see that. So, yes, we, have a, we really have a problem um, trying to solve this, this issue of intolerance. And jumping on to what Mr. Stewart said, it actually goes back even, even further, doesn't it? Uh, it? It goes back hundreds, thousands, many thousands of years back to the Garden of Eden. I mean, we're talking about where, we're talking about sin. That's, that's, that's the big three-letter word that uh, people don't want to accept in this day and age. And it's a misunderstanding of 
of the Bible. It's a misunderstanding of God. It's a misunderstanding of His way of life. For example, in Romans uh, chapter 12, what did Paul say? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Uh, repay no one evil for evil. All the things that we, you would think are, are the goals of, of a, a, a tolerance educational program. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Why? For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And so, we, if we can understand that, look, okay, God has a system of values and principles and laws, and He's going to take care of what He takes care of, and we just need to work together and live in peace with one another. Mm -hmm. And who, who, who looks at the Bible that way? So many don't understand that the Bible actually is, 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 is telling us, get along. As you were reading that, I was just thinking, you know, somebody could take that wording, modernize it ever so slightly, and it, they could use that as a boilerplate in today's tolerance movement. Absolutely. Because it seems like that's exactly where many people want to take tolerance today. Right. right. Mr. Stewart. You know, Mr. Metnier mentioned that this goes back to thousands of years. And it's not for want of trying, you know, human ideas. The Enlightenment movement, part of um, what was happening there, people were revolting against the corruption that was taking place in, in, in the, the, the church at the time. And they came up with a solution that has only worsened the problem. In fact, they sowed more seeds for what we are reaping today. So clearly human solutions don't work. We have to get back to that absolute that Mr. McNair mentioned, you know, of right and wrong as given to us by God. We've got a question on YouTube. It says, uh, doesn't the spirit of lawlessness abound in the world today? Isn't it just, oh, it's not just, a, isn't it not just a rejection of God's laws, but also of human governments too? What do you think about that, Mr. McNair? Absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, you know, one of the things that we read many times uh, on this program and other programs, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Know that, it, know that this, that in the last days perilous times will come, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, etc., etc. So absolutely, a rejection of God and His laws but, but also just a rejection of, of all of the things that flow from God, including order in society, respect for one another, which if we, if we really trace it back, all of the good things in society, they come from God too. Uh, they, they just are, are sort of iterations or, or emin in that sense, they, they flow from his, his way of life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Part of the, the, the discussion on tolerance um, centers around immigration um, today. We, you know, we find that a big part of the discussion has to do with um, immigration. People feel threatened. We are such that we want to be comfortable in life. We want to make progress, and anything that seems to threaten our progress, 
is, is, is looked at with suspicion and people will look at the immigration movement and they are very suspicious of you know people coming into their countries and there's legitimate argument to be made there as well but there's a way that those things can be handled and some ways they are being handled that are just not right at all um, in Leviticus chapter 19, uh, 33 to 34, it says here, And if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So you see, that's coming from God. So, yes, there are legitimate concerns that people have when it comes to immigration, but how do you deal with those things? The Bible tells us exactly how to deal with those things. You, you, you have to deal with them with love and deal with the stranger with a certain amount of respect, too. I'd like to throw another example out, and that is bullying. Now, <clears throat> we, we all agree that it's a problem and it needs to be dealt with, and, and, and we've, we're talking about the answers. But what are some other seeds that have been sowed in our educational system? How about the evolutionary theory that is taught as a fact? It's not a fact, it's a theory. Um, but didn't I read somewhere that a part of the evolutionary theory is the strong survive and the weak are weeded out? Isn't bullying sort of evolution come to life in seventh grade, you know? Uh, so, why are we surprised when we've thrown God out of the Bible, we've thrown, I'm sorry, out of the schools, we've thrown this book out of the schools, when this book is talking about the solution, and instead we, we uphold this, this crazy idea that we evolved from one cell, you know, uh, organisms, and the weak die out and the strong survive. And why are we surprised when we have a problem with bullying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and hear, hear what Romans chapter 1 says with respect to um, bullying and the weak and the strong. Romans chapter 15, rather, verse 1 says, uh, um, Those who are strong should bear the infirmity of the weak. And evolution says, right. get rid of the weak. Right. You know, throw, throw, throw the weak away and, and let the, the, the strong sur survive, just counter to everything that God says. So we see the root of some of these problems. There's another issue that um, the, the, the people in the tolerance movement point to, and it's stereotypes, you know, where uh, people put down others mm. for various reasons, and yet the Bible teaches against that. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritans were called dogs by some of the Jews, and yet Jesus chose a Samaritan mm -hmm. for his story on kindness, and that's well known, the, the story of the Good Samaritan. We have the story of the, the Pharisee and the publican praying, and the Bible says that the, the publican looked down, the, the Pharisee looked down on the publican in his prayer. And yet Jesus Christ said that the publican went home uh, more justified than the, 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 the Pharisee. We have the story of Jephthah uh, that um, was cast off by his family, and yet God used him powerfully. These are all people who were put out 
mm-hmm. you know, because of one reason or another. And yet God said, no, we can use them. So we have to be very careful that we don't look at the weak, look at people with different faults and stigmas and throw them out. You know, they are of value if we value them, if we put value on their lives. You know, I think we're, we're talking about biblical principles. And uh, here's another one back in Matthew chapter 7. It says, judge not that you be not judged. Now, those who who think the Bible is hate speech, and there are some who think the Bible is hate speech, um, they will say, oh, if, if you say my behavior is wrong, you're judging me. But that is clearly not the intention of, of what the scripture is. The, the sense of it is more condemn not, that you be not condemned. Because then he explains how, look, uh, if you are condemning others, then you're going to be condemned as well. But rather, he says, you know, examine yourself, look at yourself, and then you'll be able to see clearly how to help your brother. So the whole idea of, of oh, don't judge me, you know, as if that the, the Bible uh, says that, and it's not that at all. God wants us to be able to judge situations, but again, not condemn other people as having no value, and that's really the key. In that condemnation process, doesn't that sort of elevate us above that other person just naturally? Right, Ab- absolutely. What's interesting as I'm listening to you talk, gentlemen, is that you're, you're going to the scripture, you're pulling out great examples that are giving us an idea that the Bible really is supportive of, I hate to use the term tolerance because it is a loaded word and there's so many varied definitions as we've talked about, but God is giving us a way to dwell peacefully with other people. He's yeah. showing us in this book, in this book that so many claim is a, a book of an intolerant God who hates people and, and puts people down. It's ironic that people want to get rid of this book right. when it, as you're clearly pointing out, has solutions in it. Mr. Stewart, go ahead. And when you look at it, when you look at people who uh, look to the Bible for for their code of conduct, you 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 can see that it works. We have this story um, of Mr. Jack Phillips over in Colorado. He's a baker, and he was asked to to bake a cake for a gay couple, and he said, for conscience' sake, he would not. And they took him to court, and he had to fight his way to the Supreme Court. And they had a 72 ruling in his favor. But if we look back at that case, he did not disparage in any way the people in the LGBT movement at all. He just says, I am not going to take part in what you're doing. And he's following the biblical principle. Because the Bible does not allow us to condemn anybody. But the Bible does say to us, flee certain things. Do not be part of certain things. And this is what this gentleman was doing, and yet he suffered for it. Well, you know, the Bible also says, and, 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 and he can rest, you know, and, and have peace in himself. It says in 1 Peter 2, verse 19, For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. And in the case of Mr. Jack Phillips, he endured grief and suffered wrongfully for his conscience. And yet we never hear him say anything disparaging at all against the members of the LGBT community. So, Mr. Stewart, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're suggesting that 
it is possible to show respect and concern for other people, even though, even if you don't uh, directly support or endorse, and, and even if you disagree with what they're actually doing. Exactly, and that's a biblical position because we, we cannot and should not condemn people. That's, that's God's prerogative but we, we cannot be part of what they do. So we flee what they do, we separate ourselves from what they are and what they do, but at the same time we do not condemn them. You and I would never condemn um, people who live a perverse uh, life at all, because you know they will have an opportunity to repent when the time comes. But at the same time, you and I cannot you know, embrace anything that they do um, just because we want to be tolerant. You know, if that's what tolerant is, then I guess you and I will never be called tolerant at all. So is it okay to, you're the minister, you can tell me, is it okay to put up with what other people do but still hate them in my heart as long as I don't no. act on that hatred? No, no. We, we love them in our heart but don't, don't agree with what they're doing. It is sort of, no, so we don't do it that way. We love them in our heart but we... And, you know, we can, we can show somebody that we love them without doing what they do. And they, people can figure that out. They can see that. People understand love when they see it. Some people understand love when they see it. Some won't. And, and here's, here is the problem with some of these um, movements that really have an agenda that is far more than just even-handed tolerance. There are some movements who want you and me and Mr. Stewart to not just tolerate them, but they want us to agree with them. They want us to discard our beliefs and adopt their beliefs and say they're good. And anything short of that is not acceptable. So in effect, they're really, they're very intolerant of my views, of our views. Mm. And so, you know, the, the whole issue of, of of, as Mr. Stewart mentioned, uh, being impartial, uh, of, of accepting uh, other people as human beings and, and, and giving them the respect that we want to have, um, it goes far beyond pushing our agenda. Mm. Right, and, and as Christians, we don't push um, our, our lifestyle, and our, well, lifestyle is not the right word, but we don't push our beliefs on anyone, and we're not taught, we're not taught, we're taught in the Bible not to do that. If someone comes to us and wants to find out the hope that is within us, then we explain to them, but we don't go around with the Bible, you know, thumping people, beating up on them and say, you know, um, you're a sinner, you, uh, you must repent, and all of that. We don't do that. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to live by example. Go ahead. There, we'll, there's we'll another article, and then that, I'm going to wind down here. Okay. Sorry. There's another article that uh, you passed to us about uh, tolerance, called "What Is Wrong with Tolerance?" Uh, the ideal of religious tolerance has crippling flaws. It's time to embrace a civic philosophy of reciprocity. Well, that's interesting because that also really flows from the scripture too. Imagine what 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 did Jesus say about that? He said in... Uh, about reciprocity? About reciprocity. Uh, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Imagine 2,000 years ago he said, look, treat people the way you would want them to treat you, 
and the, it just works. So over and over again, we find path, principles from the Bible that actually guide us and teach us how to handle this issue. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna wind us down here, gentlemen. We're running out of time. I would like to ask you a final question though. And Mr. Stewart, we'll start with you. What kind of a takeaway would you like to leave our audience with today? We've talked about a number of issues related to tolerance. What would you like them to walk away from this program with in the forefront of their mind? Well, you know, nearly 6,000 years, for nearly 6,000 years, uh, humankind have been trying to bring about a better world. They have tried various forms of government, uh, put in place different protocols and convention. We think of um, peaceful coexistence, mutually assured destruction, they have fought wars, there have been revolts and revolutions, and none of these efforts have worked. And today the clarion call is for tolerance, but this call will not be the type of fruits that many hope for, because it is missing an important key, and that key is a correct understanding and application of God's instructions found in the Bible. The good news is that God has promised to intervene in the affairs of men to help us sort out this mess that we have created. And that will happen when Jesus returns to set up the kingdom. And we call this program Tomorrow's World Now, because even now we are promoting the values that will characterize that kingdom. Uh, and that is a spirit, there's a spiritual blindness over the world that makes it impossible for humankind to accept these values now. But that blindness will be removed one day. And when it is removed, uh, peace will come at last. And may God hasten that day. So there is hope, sure. but the hope is in the coming kingdom of God. Okay. Thank you. Mr. McNair. <clears throat> yeah, I think. Um, as Mr. Stewart mentioned, uh, there's a bigger picture here, and every human being on earth, without exception, is here because of God's love, because of God's wanting um, fam sons and daughters, and ultimately wanting those sons and daughters to be in his family, to have spirit life, eternal life forever. And so every human being has value and should be treated with dignity and respect. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. Whether we accept that or not, whether we understand that or not, we all are made in God's image and have tremendous potential. And I think that should guide us in how we treat one another and how we work with one another within the, as Mr. Stewart mentioned, standards and guidelines that God lays out but certainly we can all improve on how we treat one another. Okay. Mr. McNair, thank you for being with us today, for sharing those insights. Mr. Stewart, thank you for joining us this evening from the United Kingdom. It's good to talk to you again, as always. Thanks for having me. We live in an increasingly violent society. Wars and fights continue. Violent uprisings and actions continue to be taken against governments, schools, classmates, against bosses and fellow coworkers, and even against family members sometimes. Mankind, though, has made valiant and laudable efforts to stem the tide of violence. And the overall idea behind this tolerance movement we've been talking about is in part noble, and it's good. 
However, for many, tolerance is a word requiring a few small actions only. Real change can't occur until there are changes in the hearts of human beings. Peace and safety will only come when we're able to respect each other, as we've been talking about, respect each other's lives and properties and perspectives. But godly tolerance doesn't mean that we should accept wrong as right. To stem the violence today, there must be a change of heart, as we've been talking about. And actions that really do result in doing unto others as we want them to do unto us. To learn more about the irony of tolerance in this tolerance movement today, we encourage you to check out our brief commentary on the evolution of tolerance. Or excuse me, evolution and tolerance. You might want to check that out. You can see it on your screen right now. Evolution and tolerance. You can go to our tomorrowsworld.org website and you can see it there. You might be surprised by the double standard highlighted by the author of this commentary. Again, for more biblical insights into today's news and issues, be sure to join us each week on TW Now. Next week, we plan to discuss Independence Day and what is true freedom. We invite you again to be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like and share today's program, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week here on TW Now.